Well, good morning, Comp Church. Uh, my name is Jared. I am a missionary here from the United States, longtime friend of Comp Church. Um, so, so thankful to be with you today. Uh, super blessed to be in the digital age where I can sit in my home here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and film on my computer that fits in my pocket and then send it over to you guys in Dunstable, England. Super, one of the greatest things uh, ever. I'm only 25 years old, but I'm, I'm flabbergasted by the technology we have. So, hey, if you do have your Bibles, uh, turn with me uh, to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Uh, I've got about 20 verses I'm going to go with you here today. My, the title of my sermon today um, is going to be Make an Appointment with Jesus. Um, and so I think um, the text that we read here today will indicate just that. And so if you will read with me, we'll start at verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. And then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. Now, I'm going to actually keep reading here. I know I'm kind of diving into this text pretty quickly, uh, probably quicker than most are um, accustomed to, but uh, I just want to stop here and real quick and say this is a man who has a need. Um, he needs some help. He needs Jesus to deliver uh, something in his life, and so he's making an appointment with him. Um, that's super important. I'm not going to stay here all day on it. I just wanted you to know um, that's kind of the premise of what we are talking about today. Let's, let's continue reading. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. And now there is a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but to touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that the power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? And he looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, um, I still have a few more verses that I would like to read with you, but there's one specific thing I wanted to touch on uh, with this passage. I feel like we can all relate to, especially uh, with the year that we just came out of. Um, oftentimes, whenever we approach God in prayer, uh, when we approach God with specific things that we have, or maybe that takes a different form, a different medium. Maybe we uh, approach our friends. We have our accountability partners, maybe even your pastors that you go to with uh, some issues that you have. I know I talk to Julian quite frequently about some things uh, that go on in my life. Uh, oftentimes we can have that guilt or shame or that complex of maybe I'm not worthy, maybe I'm not enough, or maybe God's too busy for me. There's so much going on in the world. How, how is he going to look at my issues and say that he's going to deliver me from those? And I think this text here is, is pretty significant of that. You know, in 2020, um, we, so much went on. I mean, we saw entire economies collapse. We saw people uh, get sick. We saw people come out of that sickness with uh, life-altering, um, you know, injuries to their body. Some people have um, smaller lungs now with uh, COVID-19. That's something I've heard. Some people lost their jobs. They lost family members. Um, so COVID-19 was definitely not something and is definitely not something um, that we are taking lightly, um, but definitely something that we feel um, is, is a huge battle. It's 
an uphill battle for sure. I mean, we are currently in the process of uh, me coming over and um, planning another trip, me and my wife, to come see you guys um, this June. And there's just so much contingency of, are we going to be able to make it? Well, if we can, do we have to take this vaccine? And, um, you know, if we are there, can we write down everything so that, you know, we can talk to any officials that stop us, ask what we're doing. And so there's just so much that COVID-19 has brought that has created issues and has altered the way that we live our lives. And so throughout all of that issue, we can still approach God in prayer. And there's nothing that we have to apologize for or um, be sorry about whenever we approach God in prayer, but rather just be sorry and apologize for the things that is going on in our lives, but not necessarily approaching God himself. Let, let me explain that in better detail. The God of the Bible um, invites us freely to sit in front of his throne room and send requests to him. Um, I don't know if you guys know what the Beatitudes are, um, or if you're familiar with that term, um, some people might be new in here. Um, but the Beatitudes are basically a series of lessons in a sermon that Jesus gives. Um, and one of them, inside that little text, you'll find the Lord's Prayer, where God teaches us how to pray. He teaches us the um, recipe for what a prayer should have, what it needs, how it fits. Um, but notice if you ever go back through and read the Lord's Prayer, God never says you have to say this and you have to say this, and this is a requirement. You have to do this if you wanna approach God. You must be wearing this. You must have your hair combed first and have a collared shirt on with slacks uh, or a dress. God doesn't say any of that. The broken, the weary, the downtrodden are welcomed freely to the throne of God, and God says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I will free you from the issues that you have of life and give you a spirit of peace that praise God. And so here, uh, the reason why I specifically chose this text with this woman is that while Jesus has an appointment with someone, while Jesus is on his way to fulfill an obligation that he says he will help fix and that he will deliver Jairus from, he has enough time to stop and listen to the worries and the issues that this woman has and say, you will be healed despite what is going on right now. I still look at you. I still deem you worthy to be revived and repented of, and you are healed. Go and sin no more. And I just think that's beautiful because oftentimes whenever we make an appointment with God, we can feel as if we have some of those insecurities that, hey, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I can pray right now, but I feel like if I just do this, then God will do this for me. I feel like if I, if, I just, if I just go like three days without sinning, then maybe I can approach God on the throne again. Or maybe if I just go, you know, if I'm faithful to my diet for the next seven days, um, you know, God's going to help me lose more weight. Um, and that's just, that's just totally not the case. Now, obviously, if you are dieting, um, you should stick with those seven days. And, and I'm sure you probably will maybe lose like a pound or two. Uh, but that's not the point here. The point here is, is God is never... Um, too busy to listen to his people's problems. God always has enough time. And despite whatever insecurity or sin or lack of confidence that Satan might have tempted you into your mind, he might have planted those thoughts there, God will always have enough time for his people. There will always be enough time for God to sit on the throne and say, listen, come to me, child. You're weary. You're hurt. You're broken. I want to give you rest. That is what God wants. He desires for us to be with him. He desires for us to be in one union with him. He desires us to be with him. Um, you know, one great app that I, I, I would 
you know, strongly recommend to you guys, if you're ever um, struggling with prayer, or maybe you're just new to the whole Christian thing and you're not exactly sure um, how prayer is supposed to be approached, uh, I'd strongly recommend you. Uh, it's on Android and Apple. Uh, it's called One Minute Pause. Go ahead and look that up. A uh, pastor friend of mine here in the United States made that app, and um, you just click play and it just starts praying. You can follow along, you can pray with it. Um, but great way, great way. If you ever are hurt or you don't really understand or, or um, are going through a tough time and you need to pray, you just don't know the words or you might have the insecurities or maybe the issues, maybe you think you're being a bother to God, um, fantastic app to get you plugged right back in to prayer. Um, strongly recommend it. I've already put in like 120 minutes of prayer on that thing. Um, it's great. I love it. So let's keep going with this text. Uh, I do want to get through this um, before my time runs out with you today. Uh, verse 35, while he was still speaking, some people came from the, from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside, took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in there where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talithakum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age at this time. And at this, everyone was overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know about this and gave her something to eat. And so I just want to back up real quick, going up to verses uh, 21 through 23 or 24. Uh, Jairus makes this appointment with God. He says, God, there I have this specific need. Um, I need you to come help me. He's also a leader at the synagogue at the time, which, um, mind you, were not huge fans of Jesus. Now, there are probably some leaders who were huge fans of Jesus. But typically, if you're hanging around the synagogue at this time, you are falling into one of two categories, Pharisees or Sadducees. Um, you know, you're hanging around that scene, not necessarily always chilling there, but um, you're probably not a huge fan of Jesus. So Jesus, although his, um, you know, crowd is following, is growing, he's probably got some pretty good rep on the streets. Um, not necessarily with everyone, though. And that is especially true uh, with some of the leaders of the synagogues. Now, you know, there is some forte there that we won't get into, some theology. Uh, talk to me in June when I come and, you know, we'll have a conversation about it. But um, a leader to approach Jesus and say, I have this immediate need. He makes the appointment with God. And he says, I have this specific need. Please come do it. And throughout the journey from the start of verse 21, where Jairus approaches Jesus and says, I have this immediate need. Throughout the entire story, Jairus is probably just freaking out. He's got a daughter that's sick. He knows he doesn't have much time. He needs Jesus to hurry up. And Jesus decides, hey, bro, I get that you're having an immediate need, but let's stop real quick and do this thing uh, here first, you know. Um, now, obviously, Jesus isn't saying, hey, let's stop and get a Lucasade. But Jesus is saying, hey, there are other things at hand. I'm going to take care of those, too. Uh, but don't worry. I have forgotten about you. We're still going to work on that thing. Um, it's all in my perfect timing. I'm not late. I'm not early. I'm right on time. And so at the start of verse 35, there are voices that come into Jairus' head and say, hey, it's too late. Um, despite what you think Jesus could have done, your daughter's already dead. The battle's lost. Um, and Jesus says, no, it's not lost. I came right on time. 
um, whatever voices are speaking into your head right now, Jairus, uh, just ignore those. Get everybody out of the house. Um, you know, your daughter's just sleeping. We're going to fix that. Um, so he wakes her up, brings her back to life and says, hey, um, you know, be healed. Gets her something to eat and he continues on his way. Just another day uh, being Jesus, right? And so I think that's something that we um, can take into our own lives to understand that we need to make an appointment with God. When we struggle, we lose our job, we um, you know, are out of a relationship, going through a divorce. Maybe some of us have even lost our own children. I know that you know, when I was 13, my older brother uh, passed away, rest in peace. Um, we have these big issues that we say, God, we need you to deliver. Um, and at some point during these battles, during these fights, during these issues that we have, it can seem like we are defeated. And it does seem like Satan did get his way. God never showed up. But let me present gently and lovingly this, that just because the battle doesn't go the way you thought doesn't mean Jesus never showed up. Jesus will always show up to any appointment that you have ever made with him. He always honors a time appointment. If you lay down at night and say, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m., I'm going to pour a cup of coffee, I'm going to open my word, by 7.05 I'm going to be knee-deep in prayer. I promise you the Bible confirms here in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, that God always shows up for an appointment that you make with him. He will always, always honor all of the time schedules that you have set, and he will always show up. Now, let me also present this to you. We cannot put God in a box. If our relationship with God is only tied to the appointments we make with him, we are leaving out room for the Holy Spirit to remove in our lives. So let me put that into context for you. I recently um, just got a job as a teacher here in the United States. I do really love my job. It's great. Never thought I would be a teacher, but here I am uh, being faithful to the Lord's calling in my life. And um, I, I started doing the one minute pause, like I mentioned earlier. I said every morning, every evening, I'm going to pause. And then I'm also going to read my Bible every morning. Um, and then I just tune out the rest of the day um, and noticed, started noticing around lunchtime, I just get super tired super weary, kind of annoyed, um, tired of the kindergartners through the fifth, uh, fifth graders in our school, um, gets annoying for sure. Um, but I realized that I'm limiting God's work in my life just specifically to those appointments. But I feel like rather those appointments are meant to be God show up to this appointment and change the rest of my day for the rest of my days. And I think it's just so powerful. If we can continue to be faithful to God through those appointments, God will continue to be faithful to us throughout the rest of our lives. And so that's just what I want to leave you with today, Calm Church. Um, feel free to DM me if you have any questions about this small uh, message. I wanted to leave it just about 15 minutes for you. Um, but make an appointment with God. Say, God, I want to meet you at this specific time. I leave out everything. I turn my phone off. I turn my um, computer off. I leave my kids at home. I'm going to go to this coffee shop. Uh, my wife is going to take care of some of the things I've got going on. I'm going to make sure my door is locked and my, my, my door is closed and no friends are going to bother me. But God, this time is specifically meant for you. I dedicate this time to you. I promise you as believers, if we start doing that for even five minutes a day as a whole church and not just Calm Church, but the capital C church throughout the entire world, I promise you, give it six months and you'll see such a huge difference and a move of God throughout our lives. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you so much um, for, for the lovely, lovely people in England. God, thank you uh, for my relationship with them. God, thank you for uh, having us be, be living in a time where I can film this, um, speak with them, speak into their lives um, when they're 
thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of miles away. Um, God, thank you for the opportunity. I am so thankful that you have uh, blessed them and given them just so much spirit and joy. God, thank you for uh, looking at the downtrodden, the broken, and the hurt. Um, thank you for always honoring uh, your time with us. God, thank you for always making enough time for us. Um, thank you for always being on time and never being late. God, thank you for always honoring um, appointments with you. Um, thank you so much, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We ask that you would just infiltrate our lives, help us to give and surrender more of our battles, more of our hearts to you. Um, and we say these things in your name. Now, uh, just real quick before we end today, uh, there's one more thing I wanted to do. If you are new here, uh, if you're watching online or if you are uh, in person and you're maybe you're whole to this new Jesus thing or you want to understand what's going on and what is, um, you know, what exactly is a relationship with Jesus. I just want to invite you uh, into this place real quick and put you kind of at the, the forefront of my attention uh, and say, you know, the message you just heard about making an appointment with Jesus uh, that even more so applies to you if you're new. Um, I, I fully encourage you. Um, the Bible says if you make an appointment with God, if you seek Jesus, you will find Jesus. Um, that goes for believer, non-believer alike. And so if you're new here, um, I want you to pray with me. Um, everyone is going to pray together. So don't feel like you're going to be alone if you are in the building um, and you're potentially the only new uh, person there. Uh, I just want to pray with you um, and encourage you. Please make an appointment with Jesus. He will show up, you will find God, and he will lead you to eternal life. So if you would, please pray with me. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I believe that your son died on the cross for me. God, I present to you my sin. I present to you my brokenness. I present to you my inadequacies, and I lay them at your feet. God, I believe that your son died for me so that I can live to honor you, to glorify you, and be in union with you. Thank you so much for your redemption, for your justification, and your sanctification in my life. God, I will live the rest of my days honoring you and seeking a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming me and giving me eternal life. Amen. All right, Calm Church, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully in your country June 10th through the 18th. So if you would message Julian or myself, I would love to buy you a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and hang out. Um, thanks so much for your time. I hope you guys stay blessed. Talk to you later.